Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. Jennifer LeClaire here. You can see in the spirit. I want to invite you to take the Seer Activation Challenge. 30 days to clearer spiritual sight. I'm going to be on board doing Seer Activations with you, guiding you through biblical entryways and much, much more. You can opt to take the Seer Activation Challenge at tinyurl.com slash seeractivation tinyurl.com slash seeractivation. You can also opt to get these three books, Seer Dimensions. You can get Power Seers. This just came out. Keys to Upgrading Your Prophetic Vision. And you can get Seer Activations with 101 Seer Activations and a whole lot more teaching. I want to challenge you to see what you've never seen before. God wants you to be able to see in the Spirit. Open your eyes to the Seer Dimensions in Jesus' name. All right, welcome back to part two. We're talking about the parables of Jesus Christ. And in particular, we're looking at the life lessons from the parables of Christ. This is going to help us to think biblically, to engage globally, and to live principally. And it's all about extrapolating the principles from the Bible so that we can live effectively. So I'm glad to welcome you all back. So let's pray. Our Father and our God, we give you praise and honor and glory. We thank you for our time together. We pray that you would think through my mind, speak through my lips, that we can extrapolate the principles so that we can have new life strategies that are in alignment with the word of God so that as you raise us up as industry leaders, follow truly, we will not compromise our Christian values and we would be able to offer the world uh, direction and insight and wisdom. We would be... um, 
um, solution carriers, and we will be the solution to great world problems, that we would push humanity forward and change the trajectory so that, Father, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and you will reign forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So we were talking about the conspiracy theory um, in our first uh, lesson, and uh, we want to invite you now to the whole idea of the um, parables that were taught by Jesus. So the message of the kingdom, kingdom is a message that Jesus Christ taught, and he preached everywhere he went. The book of Matthew chapter 11 and 1, it's interesting, it says, and it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commandment his 12 disciples. He departed thence to teach and to preach in their cities. Now, when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and he said unto them, Art thou he that should come? And I'm just going to move this and stand. Art he that should come or do we look for another? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Luke 4, 43 to 44, it says, and he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore I am sent. And he preached in synagogues in, uh, of Galilee. So this was the message that Jesus preached, but he not only preached it, he demonstrated it. And uh, John, uh, we could say what we want, but John was a man of questions. And God is not afraid of your questions. A lot of times we believe that if we're, we have questions or if we have doubt, somehow we're less spiritual than someone that is not doubting. Doubt is different from unbelief. Unbelief says, no matter how much information I give you, I still don't believe. Doubt says, I just need some more information. If I get more information, then I can reach my conclusion. And so John was doubtful about this message and about uh, Jesus, and he sent a word through, through his disciples. Are you really the Christ, or should I be looking for another? And then he said, go and show John. Don't tell him. See, the church is guilty of just telling people stuff. We, we should be demonstrating the kingdom. We should be making the kingdom real. And this is about show and tell. There's got to be something in your life that is the irrefutable testimony. And that's what a testimony is. A testimony actually changes the um, minds of a juror and determines how a case turns out. So if, the, if you lose a case or if you win a case, it's based on a testimony. And a testimony is the irrefutable proof that changes the outcome of a case. And if you want to change how people feel about the church, you have to be the irrefutable proof. I have to be the irrefutable proof. They overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. What does this kingdom mean to you? How has it changed you? But don't just tell me, show me. Don't preach to me. I want you to live. The greatest sermon you will ever preach is the life that you live. So prove to me that this kingdom works. So Jesus preached the message of the kingdom. 
because it became the catalyst of restoring what mankind had lost in the Garden of Eden as a result of the fall. So again, in the book of Matthew um, 18, 11, the Bible said, for the son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost, not who was lost. So that means that if you go all the way back to the garden of Eden, you begin to talk about the fall of man. And then you say, what was lost? What did we lose? So the first thing is we lost our position in the realm of dominion. So Mankind did not fall from heaven, so God is not trying to get us to heaven. That is not the ultimate destination. You're going to go to heaven on an excursion, and then you're going to come back to earth. So you're not going to take all your luggage. There's going to be no U-Haul taking all your stuff to heaven, and you're not going to live there forever and ever. All you're going to have is a carry-on. One little overnight peace, because you're going to come back to earth. So the fall of man, God is going to restore that which was lost. We lost our dominion. Dominion is a realm that you live in. It's a realm. A realm is a literal spiritual place where you function. So you have realms. How, how do you function in leadership? You function in the realm of leadership. I could give you a title, but what I cannot give you is influence. Right. You've got to be able to live in that realm. I can give you money, but I, I can't give you wealth. You, you live in the realm of wealth with or without money. Are you with me? I can, I can give you medicine, but I can't give you healing. You see, medicine doesn't heal you. Medicine only addresses a symptom. And a lot of times we deal with symptoms. The Bible said that the ax is laid to the root of the tree. And the root is what we're after. But a lot of times the church goes for the fruit. So we chop the limbs off, we chop the fruit, and we say that the people are delivered. And then eventually more uh, uh, limbs grow and there's more fruit. So we chop it off again and we call them delivered. And then we have another altar call. We chop more fruit, chop more fruit, chop more fruit. And then a season goes by and we say, look, you know, I'm fully delivered. Then the next season comes by, you have buds and then blossoms and then more fruit. And we wonder if this thing really works. We need to get to the root. So it's all about the root and not the fruit, right? Yeah, it's laid to the root. So we're going to get to the root of the problem. And the root of the problem is a mindset. So dominion, we fell from the realm of dominion. And then we fell from the realm of dominion where we exercise our assignment. So God gave Adam the assignment to dominate the earth realm and he fell from that realm. Therefore, he was dominated by the earth realm. And so Adam handed dominion over to Satan in the Garden of Eden. So when this happened, Adam and Eve, they were expelled from the Garden of Eden. We know the story, but they were in expel from heaven. So a lot of times we disqualify ourselves by keep telling people you're going to go to heaven. And then, you know, we jump in the church practicing our resurrection. And when we're going to be resurrected, we're, we're practicing the rapture. You know, we're going to be caught up uh, when in fact, you know, we're, we're going to be coming back here and, and God is going to restore. There's going to be a new heaven. There's going to be a new earth and we're going to be here. And so when, when Adam handed over his dominion, he 
dis, he was disqualified from exercising dominion in the earth realm because he turned it over to Satan. Yeah. So we have to understand that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. So Jesus came to restore us back to the realm of dominion. So Jesus came to seek and to save that which he lost. What did we lose when we fell from that realm of dominion? We, we lost psychological congruency. So what does that mean? Our values were misaligned. So our ethics, our values, our morals, our motives, our intentions, our drive, what was driving us, what was motivating us was misaligned. That was out of alignment. And so, and then we lost our context for perception. And all of that was misaligned with heaven. And so the second thing is we lost our personal individuality. And so we became enmeshed in these dysfunctional relationship, dysfunctional state where we don't know where we start and someone else stops. And so if someone's having a bad day, we have a bad day. You know, if someone doesn't like us, we spend all of our time talking about us, talking about it. And we're so distracted by people and social media doesn't help. But we lost our individuality. We don't know who we are as an individual being. And we're like David anointed as king, we're, you know, given uh, dominion and we're just waiting on the process. And uh, you ask a person who has a broken spirit and who has a shattered uh, perception of his own self and he's suffering from insecurity. And you walk up to someone that has been disqualified from kingship to ask that person, who am I? And so here is David to Saul, walking up to Saul and said, who am I and what is my family that I should be, you know, the son-in-law of a king? Hold on a minute. You feel good about association? When you've got the position and the power, God anointed you and put you in the realm and you're still asking for permission from someone that doesn't know who they are? We lost our individuality and we're going from this person and that person and that person and that person. Can you tell me who I am? And we don't do it physically, but we, we're, we're, we're appeasers. We're people pleasers because we know the pain of rejection because we reject ourselves. But when you accept yourself, who cares who rejects you? Are you with me? So God is going to restore your individuality. There's nothing wrong with you. You know, God guided uh, 23 chromosomes from your daddy and, and hooked it up with 23 chromosomes from your mother and it collided and it created you. And God did not make a mistake. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Everything about you, your genotype, your phenotype is perfect in the eyes of God. He ordered all your path, all, all your parts. And he said all your parts were contained in a book. You know that book is not a physical book, it's not a physical journey, that's your DNA. He said I constructed your DNA and every single day your DNA is doing what it should. It's supplying the, the instructions to all of your cells and it's, it's supplying the instruction 
to, uh, to your temperament. It's supplying the energy that you need to discover your purpose and your assignment. And it does it because it's put on autopilot. Right. You don't have to pray about it. And this is why you're frustrated with yourself. And when other people say, you shouldn't be dreaming about being great, you should say, I can't help myself. (laughs) Why? I was born this way. It's my DNA. That's what purpose is. Purpose is, 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 is genetically programmed. And and, and purpose whispers to you every day. You are not out of your mind. You're in your mind. And you've got something beautiful and you've got something unique and you've got to begin to pray. God, show me who I am. And let me have the courage to be an individual. Let me have the courage to be unique. Let me have the courage to, 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 to know what my purpose is and put that on display. I decree you are men and women of purpose. And you are men and women of courage. Number three, uh, we lost our uniqueness and our true identity. And so when, 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 man, when Adam fell, he was stripped of the knowledge of his true identity and his authentic self-image, and he lost touch with what it meant to be godlike. He knew he was born that way, but then he lost touch. And one of the things that Oscar Wilde said, going back to individuality, and I love this, he said, most people are other people, someone other than who they really are. Their thoughts are someone else's opinion. Their lives are mimicry. Their passion is a quotation. And this is what the Bible means when it counsels us to refuse to put our light under a bushel. Do not allow other people to define you. Do not allow your circumstances to define you. And so you're going to make the effort, even as you become a disciple of Christ, to be in alignment with your true self, the person that God has made you to be and created you to be. And you are not going to let religion tinker with it. Because a lot of, a lot of times it's religion that tinkers with us because it's a cookie cutting kind of machinery. He lost um, social healthiness. So he lost the ability to live in a community. We're created with community. And instead of complementing one another and completing one another, we compete with one another. It's been, it's been a wonderful week here um, at, at CTM. We have the most amazing staff. And if you're ever with us, there's, there's each joint supplying. So you don't see the jockeying. You don't see people trying to do a one-upman. People are, are fulfilling their assignment, but also helping other people to shine brighter. And uh, it takes a while to create an environment where you realize that you don't have to compete with someone. Because we all have assignments and then we're all working together. When God created the sun and the moon, this is what the scripture says. He create, he created two great lights. So they were all great. The sun was great. The moon was great. But then he said, I'm going to give you the assignment. The greater is going to be the sun. The lesser is going to be the moon. But I would rather be less great. So your, your comparison is not less, less. But the comparison is somebody's got to take the lead. So son, you take the lead and moon, you compliment. But you cannot have tides without both. You cannot have life without both. So if the son refuses and says, I have an insecurity and you know, you think I'm a good leader. We die. 
And if the moon said all the sun wants to do is take up all of the space during the day, why I got to shine at night? If there was, so they don't compete with one another, they complete one another. So Pastor Ryan completes me. I complete him. So he's not trying to be me. I'm not trying to be him. I have no insecurity. He doesn't have any insecurity. Hence, we're here today. We don't cancel out one another because we're both great. I decree and declare you are connecting with your greatness. And you are not asking permission to be great. You are just great. And you're going to be great at being you. Yes. You, There's nobody else that can be a greater you. Yes. And I decree that you're connecting with your greater self in Jesus' name. And so he felt, when he fell, he lost his social healthiness. He began to project his, his, his responsibility onto his wife, the woman you gave me. In other words, if you didn't give me the woman, hold on one minute. I only introduced her to you. You were the one that said, you shall be bone of my bone. Flat. I didn't say that. You proposed to her. Take personal responsibility for where you are. Own your emotions. Stop talking about uh, she makes me feel. No, 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 no. You showed up with that feeling. God just gave her as a gift and called her a mirror to show you what he's getting ready to work out of you. Are you with me? I'm just a mirror. Your mama's just a mirror. Your daddy, your wife is just a mirror. If you had a better wife, no, if you had a better life, you'll have a better wife. Are you with me? All right. (laughs) When he fell, he created an unhealthy culture. And he contaminated the environment. How many people do you know live in contaminated environments? The the, the environment is contaminated. And there are some people that hate to go home. Because there's no peace where the home should be a haven of peace. It's contaminated with cantankerous people. Miserable people. They're miserable with their lives. And you could feel, you know... When you think and when you feel, your emotions are emitted like waves from you. So when you hit a person, you're coming into their environment. And sometimes you vibe with them. And sometimes you don't vibe. It's just something about them. Are you with me? It's it's their mentality. When you think, there's waves that are emitted. So you come into some people's presence and you feel good. You just want to stay the whole time. Other people, you want to say, bye, (laughs) wrong environment. And so you want to make sure that when, when when, when you go home, you are recalibrating the environment without by recalibrating the environment within. Yeah, you carry your own environment. And you're home. So if you want social healthiness, you've, you've got to take 100% responsibility for your happiness, for your peace, for your joy. And, and that takes a lot of discipline. Because there's always someone that will say something or do something, but that has nothing to do with you. Mind your own business. Turn to your neighbor and say, worry about yourself. Worry about yourself. Yeah, worry about yourself. Take care 
of you. Your number one asset is you. Take care of your mental health. Take care of your emotional health. Have mean moments. Have uh, moments where you're uh, decompressing from life. Make sure you meditate. Make sure you pray. Make sure you do something that makes you happy. Take care of yourself. And when you take care and you should do something kind for yourself every single day. What makes you happy? Yeah. Is, it a, is it a hot shower? Is it going in the bathroom for an hour by yourself? What is it? Is it reading a book? Is it listening to music? Is it dancing? What I like to do, I like music, but I like to dance. So I learn all the latest dances in my house. And I have, an old, uh, I have a competition with everybody on YouTube. I can do it better. But I'm happy doing it. What brings you happiness? Nature brings me happiness. Order brings me happiness. Cleanliness brings me happiness. Music gives me happiness. Good smells bring me happiness. And I, I calibrate my house accordingly. I can't control your house, but I can control mine. What makes you happy? What do you need? If you live in a contemporary environment, Make sure you spend me moments, spend time with God, spend time nurturing your, your mental health, addressing that. Make sure you forgive. Make sure you get rid of all that junk. Make sure you declutter your spirit. Yeah. You hating people, they don't even know you hate them. That's the problem. I don't like them. They don't even know. They're going on with their life. You got high blood pressure now. Because high blood pressure is long-standing emotional problems that you refuse to address. So go home. Declutter. A cluttered environment is a cluttered spirit. If you want to know what's going on with your spirit, look at your environment. Yes. And if you can just go to the trunk of your car, I know you think you live in your car. You got everything in your car, your clothes, your makeup, your jewelry. You got furniture in, your, in the trunk of your car. You even have your children in the trunk of your car. Where is Mikey? I know he was there somewhere. <laughs> declutter, declutter your drawers. Go home, clean out. All of, uh, You know, back in the day, this is how God showed me. I, uh, my, my whole house was clean, but in my bedroom, I had this one chair. And that's where I put my clothes. And they piled up during the week. And then at the end of the week, I would spend about two hours decluttering that corner only to clutter it again. And this is how we are in life. God said, I want to show you how to bring order in your life. And if one area of your life is out of order, all areas of your life is going to be out of order. He said, before I give you a revelation, go home and take care of that chair. And today, I don't have a chair with clothes piled up. And this is what we do. We, 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 we take things and we store it. And we say we're going to deal with it tomorrow. And we're going to deal with it the next day. And before you know it, five years has passed and then we've got cluttered spirits. So deal with it immediately. Immediately. Deal with it immediately. And some of us need to take our personal power back because we don't know how to talk. But you got to learn how to talk. Look, you have to tell people that offended me. Don't do that. 
I don't like this. And even if it takes you five hours of stuttering, you're going to get it out and you're going to do it and you're going to do it today. Forgive who you need to forgive. Get it out of your spirit because we're going to live successful lives. When Adam fell, he fell and it affected him physically and psychologically. He lost, he began to lose his physical wholeness and his psychological wholeness and he began to die. He began to, to be in the process of dying. But Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly, you know, and from that time, you know, he, uh, Adam and Eve was introduced to eating the fruit. And ever since then, man has had an eating disorder. Humanity has an eating disorder. We've lost our appetite for the milk of God's word, the meat of God's word, and we've developed an insatiable appetite for carnal candy. Yes. And we're on this, 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 this uh, 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 carnal uh, diet, and it's depleting, of, uh, depleting us of spiritual nutrition, and we are spiritually emaciated and morally malnutrition. And that's the kind of world that we live in. We are morally malnutrition now and people don't want to hear from Christians anymore because they want to do anything that is immoral and they don't want anybody to tell them what to do and the church is a part of it too I don't need to point to any kind of uh, scandal that has been happening but in the church it used to be we never heard of stuff like we're hearing today that is because we are malnutrition and then we've lost our intellectual capacity we don't think People think for us, but we're non-thinkers. You ask a person, well, what do you think about that? We lost our ability for critical thinking and critical consciousness. Anybody can pull the wool over our eyes because we're non-thinking. And we just take anything. If it's written, we take it as law. If we see it on YouTube, we take it as law. YouTube and, and, and social media is made for cowards. They get a chance to hide behind something. They can make any opinion, say anything that they want and half of it is people's opinion but because we lack the, uh, our intellectual capacity and we've lost our divine genius we don't have the ability to be able to say that's just an opinion we take it like it you know as, did you hear, did you hear well that's someone's opinion is it the truth we've lost our divine genius we should be producers and problem solvers, not consumers and victims. We were created in the image of God. We lost our spiritual connectivity. And, and we lost when Adam fell. He lost everything. The first became the last. The head became the tail. The overcomer became subdued. The problem solver became the problem. But Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And he's reversing it now. The subdued is overcoming. The last is becoming first. The tail is becoming the head. The problem is becoming the problem solver. The borrower is becoming the lender. The cursed is being blessed. The beggar is the beneficiary. The victim is the victor. The follower is the leader, the employee is becoming the entrepreneur. God sent Jesus and when he preached the message of the kingdom, he came to seek that which was lost so that we, to seek and to save that which is lost. God is restoring us back to a place of dominion. We are being restored back to a place of eternal life. We are restored back to a place of faith. We are no longer living by facts. We are living by faith. Now the just shall live by 
faith. We are no longer just relying on education, but we are being propelled and prospered by revelation. We are going from the information age into the inspiration age and the innovation age. We are going from consumer to creativity. We are going from self-consciousness to God consciousness. We are going from competition to cooperation. We are going from doubting to knowing. We are going from renting to landlord. We're going from being an employer, employee to being an employer. We're going from being a pot washer to owning the restaurant. We are going from mowing the lawn to owing the mansion. We are going from being the maid to being the owner. We are going from a borrower to a lender, consumer to co-creator. God is restoring what we lost in the Garden of Eden. So when Jesus came, he came preaching the message of the kingdom so that he can seek and save what was lost and today we are beneficiaries of the message of the kingdom of heaven. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seers ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.